Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Her receipts are unmatched. It's Tiff. He's a podcast superstar. It's T Biggs. We're hot for teacher. It's Eliane. Is there a doctor in the house? It's Brandon. And your host, Greg Howard Jr. Welcome to a very special episode of This Is Not an Endorsement, a podcast about the news, politics, and opinion polls. Uh, This is the holiday special, the people who ruled in 2021. I've invited a panel of some of your favorite guests. Uh, They're my favorite guests, um, and they are going to share with you who they felt ruled the year that was only slightly more bonkers than 2020. Um, so we're going to get this thing started. Our first round is called What's the Buzz? We polled 5,000 social media users to find out which lawmaker they believed did the most for their constituents in 2021. Who do we think? Okay. I, I, hope, I hope that people chose Lauren Underwood. Yes. I hope people did yes. the thing and chose Lauren Underwood. I too hope people chose Lauren Underwood, but knowing how people are stands and aren't that bright, I feel like some of them might have picked AOC. <laughs> <laughs> and even Bernie's none existed behind. Like, where has he been lately? But um, my heart. At the cardiologist. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> Can't take him nowhere. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> well, friends, I I can tell you that with 58.33% of the vote, the lawmaker that the people felt did the most for their constituents in 2021 was the legislative superstar, Miss Lauren Underwood. Yeah. All right. Yay. Yes. Good. So right. doing the right thing. Yes. Right. Right. We're, 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 we're starting this off good. We're starting this off good. We asked 5,000 social media users what law they felt helped the American people the most in 2021. What do we think they said? They should have said the American Rescue Plan, but they might have just they might have just taken the component out and said ctc so yeah. that would make sense because that is a component of the american rescue plan so neither answer would be wrong in my yeah. opinion i think yeah, a child tax credit too because you uh yeah. you talked to a lot of parents and like yeah that has come through with just basic necessities and bills and making sure that if there's a little extra left to make sure that the kid or kids have what they need. And it came through clutch for so many people. I'm going to also say the American Rescue Plan with emphasis on the child tax credit. 
cosine. With 50% of the vote, it was in fact the American Rescue Plan. All right. All right. Oh, okay. See, there, the, you, the got, people, you got some smart people right, pulling. People I are, like this. I the, like people, this. The, people, the people are not doing too bad. Okay. They are definitely not the children that were left behind. So. <laughs> <laughs> so last question of this round. We asked 5,000 social media users which Republican they thought was most likely to run for president in 2024. What do we think they said? Liz Cheney, she has trying to distance herself from Trump by trying to paint herself as the alternative, but she's Trump with a blonde wig, basically, and she's her father's daughter, and it's going to be her or Adam Kinzinger, and it's going to be one of those two, but I had to lean on Liz Cheney. Yeah, I was thinking Adam Kinzinger as well, but I mean, everybody thinks they're the good Republicans, and hello, there's no such thing. Man, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Liz Cheney, though I feel like um, the pedophile Matt Geis, allegedly, until you know he's convicted, <laughs> um, I feel like he's going to try to throw his his hat in there. But yeah, there are no good Republicans. There haven't been any good Republicans for a very, very long time. This is true. Uh, well, since, Tiff, who do you think? Well, since the question was who's most likely to run. I'm going to go with, I'm going to be the odd one out and say Ted Cruz, because we already know his dumb ass is going to run. Okay. If he can't satisfy his wife, he can't satisfy the American public. It's one of those things that Ted, he just, he's disliked by either side. I can see him having the ego of trying to run for it and lose and get embarrassed again, like on his wedding night. Oh my <laughs> Lord, have mercy. And can you imagine, like, he can't even defend his wife being called uh, ugly. Like, right. How is he going to defend America if, if you Listen. know, our adversaries say, America, you suck. We're going to beat you up. What is he going to do? Start kissing their butts? Like, Listen, some people just like to lose, okay? This is just a fact. <laughs> you have Nina Turner who likes to lose. You have Pam, Pam Keith who likes to lose. Like, some, uh, what's that lady from New York? Um, oh Zephyr my te- whatever, the teacher Zephyr chick. Teach out. Zephyr yeah. Teach yeah. Out. That's the New York Loves to Some lose. people just like to run. It's a great. Or Cynthia Nixon. It let's let's not forget about Cynthia Nixon well, as well. Yes, people like to run to lose. That's just a simple fact. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. He's definitely running again because he has no damn shame. All right, what's the what's the answer? Well, what's the this oh. one? This one was actually surprising. Um, with forty one point six seven percent of the vote, the people believe the Republican most likely to run for president in 2024 is Marjorie Taylor Greene. And listen, mm. what? Yep. Not Miss Orthopedic Shoes wearing those to <laughs> drop the bombs off <laughs> at the DNC RNC, allegedly, <laughs> until the evidence comes out and she's convicted. Um, no, I don't even think the people who support her. No, <laughs> she can't. How can she run? Like, I mean, she can run. I mean, I don't know how fast she's going to go with those hooves, but she's going <laughs> to she's, she's gonna run. She could run. Only person I mean, that could kiss you in the forehead and give you a second at the same time. Her teeth are that big. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh, I'm dying. I'm dying. Why are you like this, too? Oh, my God. <laughs> 
Holy yeah, shit. nothing surprises me. Bobert will run. All of those crazy Republicans will run because Tulsi. guess what? They can. Tulsi and Gabbard's gonna run. I mean, the Who's only way I don't see them running is if Trump is running because they're just gonna kiss yeah. his ass. So I if agree. he's not in. They're all in. That's how I look at it. Yeah, because yeah. they know if he runs in 2024, he not going to live to run again, whether he win or lose. Right. And so they're like, let's be nice to him this time if he runs <laughs> so that, you know, we can run the next time. No, because yeah. Ivanka's going to take his place. <laughs> oh, dear God. That was. Yeah. No, I, I remember uh, during yep. during the run up to the 2020 election, there was there was that meme where it was like, um, Trump, Ivanka, um, sperm sample one, sperm sample two, and then um, like that other kid, maybe uh, the one with the forehead after that, and like like Beavis and Butthead, right, Anybody? right, Beavis and Butthead, <laughs> Trump, and you, you know fucking Oscar the Grouch, Trump, and fuck it, just it, there's like nine million of them. Um, and, you know, now that we're having this conversation, I wouldn't put it past Mary Trump. Mm. Yes. She's a yeah, sneaky she snake. I don't she like her. Something with her little book tour and her little appearances and all that. Mm-mm. I tweeted out this thing about how I couldn't like, and mm-hmm. I had every white woman in the world mad. Well, she, she was on an NDA. Well, she knew he was an asshole to start with. I have fame that I don't like, but I'm going to sit there and not sign a paper about it. And they're like, well, you know, she did a lot of work. She's in that Avenatti class. She's in that Comey class of white folks who just let everybody down. And honestly, yep, her too. Like Elizabeth Warren is the kind of person when I die, I want her to be a pallbearer so she can let me down one more time. God damn. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. She she sure ain't about to write those legislation for student loan forgiveness. She don't want to do no work. No, no, but she'll take credit for it. She will take credit for it and won't um, give credit to the, the black woman vice president. Ever. Listopher continues to Listopher Columbus her way. Yeah. Yeah, Mary Trump is along the same lines as like, if you criticize Mary Trump, you get the same people in your comments mm-hmm. as when you criticize the Lincoln Project. Yes. It's, it's that same subset of people that you know during the 2020 election we said do not trust the never trumpers let them spend their money let them help us out but don't don't go to bat for them and you know because they will screw you without vaseline yeah because see what what they forget is you know the lincoln project were the people who ran all that op on hillary mm-hmm. yep sure so just and they and they work for W. Yep. yep. Proudly work for W. Oh, Very absolutely. Proudly. Like they were okay with bigotry, xenophobia, racism, misogyny before Trump. But no, no, he's the line. Because Fuck he was all outward, them. he was very outwardly spoken about it. Like he yeah. was it was in your face. They want their racism and bigotry and sexism and, and homophobia. They wanted to be behind a smile. Behind the behind a, yes, they wanted to be, you know, palatable. You know, they don't want it in your face and boisterous. What was it? I I learned a new term the other day. It, uh, uh, fuck, what was it? Uh, paper cut racism mm-hmm. or paper cut that's discrimination. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it is. 
just very small little cuts yep. here and there. Now Trump just took a whole razor blade and just sliced. He's the open wound. He is. That's infected. And now the whole Republican Party and their racism is infected. Yep. And with them not getting vaccinated and and not <laughs> wearing masks, they're likely getting infected with COVID too. So look, wow, look at wow. God. Won't she do it? Hey, hey, bye, bye, shut up. Oh, let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> so normally the second round is where we discuss uh, the stories that are on the tips of everybody's tongue this month. Instead, uh, given that this is the holiday year end episode, uh, we are going to discuss who the members of the panel and myself felt ruled in 2021. Um, so Tiff, do you want to start us out on this one? Sure, why not? All right, so I picked Nancy Pelosi because she is the queen. And so while we don't have a queen in the United States of America, she is still my queen of the legislative branch. And so I picked her because one, she had a very spectacular year with a very limited amount of people in her caucus she only had most days three to four people that were an advantage on her team um and she allowed a lot of legislation done so her first order of business was the impeachment of donald trump after one six which was a very scary day and upcoming um year you know it's gonna be a year since that day and so she we got what we needed to get done that day despite all the craziness but she you know she was able to impeach him what two weeks later she had her impeachment ready to go she assembled her team that she was going to use for the trial who were fantastic although they didn't get a conviction they were all amazing people and she gave people an opportunity right we didn't we didn't know Many people didn't know who Stacey Plaskett was. Many people didn't really, they, they may have known Jamie Raskin, but they didn't really know Jamie Raskin like we do now. So she definitely gave people a platform to be able to show their talents and skills, which I appreciated. And then we jumped into legislation, right? So she, they got the For the People Act passed. They got um, Equality Act. They got the Paycheck Fairness Act passed. They got by the the gun bills passed, which was the um, bipartisan background check bill, the Enhanced Background Checks Act. They got D.C. statehood passed. I don't even know how, but they got that done, even though it's not going anywhere in the Senate. They got George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, the Pro Act, Violence Against Women Act, American Rescue Plan, which we talked about earlier. That was a big effing deal, right? So that literally has saved us. That has saved us. So people may not want to realize that but it has saved us economy wise we are doing well because of that act and she helped broker that get it done and so she she's always going to be the queen of my book just for that because that was a big deal and then we got then we moved forward and then we the equality act which for my lgbtq folks i think that was a big deal it was a big deal for me because i thought that was I'm not, I'm not a part of your community, but I also respect your community and want you guys to have equal, why should you have less rights than I do, right? So I thought that was a big deal as well. And again, she only had three to four 
votes to play with there with people with all different kinds of backgrounds who may become conservative all the way to super duper progressive. She has to deal with all of that. Um, and then they got infrastructure done, which was a couple of weeks ago and build back better as well. So there was a lot of legislation passed. I think what stands out to me about Nancy Pelosi is that she She's a broker, right? She knows how to, buy, to, to to deal with people. And that is a hard thing to do. She has a very um, interesting group of people that she has to work with. She has the squad who she has to keep in check. She has the, you know, the very moderate group on her team. There was nine of them who drove her crazy in the September, around September time with the Build Back Better and the, infra- and the infrastructure package. So she had to she had to navigate all of that while also, you know, keeping a straight face and being able to deal with the media who's a pain in the ass. She has to, you know, relay things back to the president. She has to work with Schumer. She has to work. She has to work with McCarthy. Right. So God knows that is not easy. She has to deal with all their antics in the House. I mean, she I will say she does have a good team as well. So of course she's, she's not a one woman show, right? She has Clyburn who's there whipping votes. She has Steny Hoyer, who's the majority leader, who's also there to bring stuff to the floor. It's, it's, it's teamwork. And so, but she is the face of that legislative branch. And I think she, how she, how she feels and how she portrays things is how the country feels. Right. So we, we respect Biden, but if Nancy comes out and she says something, we, we totally respect what she's saying. And we're like, and usually it's kind of sassy, right? She's an Aries. So she does say very sassy things, which crack me up. She can be very shady. Um, and you know, you never know, you never doubt what she's thinking because she's going to tell you exactly what she's feeling on any given day. So um, I respect that about her immensely because she is always prepared. She's always focused. She's always positive, right? I've never heard her speak negatively about anything. So even this week on Build Back Better, you know, she said, you know, we're going to get this done. Like there's even on Build Back Better when they were working on it previously in the house, she always came with the positive, you know, she never came out with a negative vibe, never. She always felt in her heart of heart that it was going to get passed. It was going to take work. It was going to take, you know, tenacity. It was going to take having everything she has to put into to get it done, but she's going to get it. She's going to get it done. And that's what I respect the most about her. So I think she had a fantastic year overall. And I hope that 2022 is even better. And if we can keep the house, who knows, she may be around for another couple of years or she may pass the mantle to someone younger. Um, And I would hope that would be um, Hakeem Jeffries because he is in training as far as I can see. So um, she's definitely the person to learn from. So that was, that was my favorite person and most, you know, powerful person of the year to me in the, in the, in the government. Does anybody want to add to what Ooh, Tiff said? Fantastic pick. Tiffany, fantastic. Cause yes, wow. no, I mean, none of that would have gotten done mm-hmm. without the queen. The queen. She yeah. just ex- exudes confidence. Like I love seeing her walk as she's tipping in her heels <laughs> with that poise. I said, "Come on, Nancy, you better tip on through." And like I love when she gathers reporters. I love when she, you know, that confidence that she has. She's just amazing, and you know, the best speaker in the history of this country. And she steered us through, you know, 
many of the issues and, and, and through the pandemic, through Trump, she steered us through and she was that steady hand before President Biden got into office. So yes, that's an amazing pick. And she's in her 80s. And that's what people don't realize. And I think you tend to forget that. Yep. Like she's and in her in heels. And heels. And like, she's like the yeah. best dress. She's yes. the best dress best dress person in Washington. Best without dress. a doubt. Because those suits, Lord have mercy. They're colorful. They're beautiful. <laughs> she always her hair is always on point, jewelry on point. And she still, like you said, walks around in stilettos. I can't even barely wear one inch heel. And this woman is wearing three inch heels ready to ready to just walk through the through the halls of Congress. Bless her heart, because I can't. And it's it's important to note. Um, on January 6th, when all hell broke loose and shit finally got calmed down and they were able to get back into um, the congressional building and everybody was safe and all that. If, if you watch back any of the footage that was happening on the House floor, you'll notice that there are there are lots of lawmakers in um, tennis shoes, you know, even men, men and women, both sides. Uh, and then when Nancy Pelosi enters the room to start things back, she's still in her heels. She had been in her heels since eight o'clock that morning when they finally got back into onto the House floor. It was two o'clock in the morning. And I, rem- I remember this specifically because we were all on Twitter. We were all watching the shit. Um, you know, that was the night that um, Connor Lamb and Eric Swalwell and um, the other gentleman almost got to fighting on the floor. Um, you know, craziness aside, that was that was a fun night. But, you know, for an 80 year old woman to rock stilettos for 17, 18 hours that's a fucking that's a big fucking deal and if if nothing else we give her that honor for that alone shoe game is unmatched that woman is bad she she bad (laughs) she's bad bad ass for real because she walks like a bad okay (laughs) (laughs) we don't have the rights to that sir all right, so uh, Brandon, you want to uh, go next? Sure. Um, so I remember when Greg asked me, like, who was my person of 2021? I was going back and forth, and I know he was sick of me. Because <laughs> <laughs> when, when I finally said, decided on who it was going to be, he was like, okay. So, <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm going to give you this journey. So at first I thought about, I thought about VP Kamala Harris, you know, and all that she represents, you know, being the first woman to be vice president of the United States. Um, breaking so many tie votes in the Senate, you know, having the most, I believe in her in, in the first year of any vice president and matching some vice presidents in a full term. Um, having all of her, you know, many of her campaign ideas um, be introduced and, and, and signed into law. Her fingerprints are all over legislation in the, in the um, infrastructure bill, even in the BBB and so on and so forth. Um, but then also thought about Representative Lauren Underwood and all of her accomplishments with legislation. You know, she is the, to me, the valedictorian of the House of Representatives, you know, and that class that she came in with. 
And then, of course, I thought about Stacey Abrams, you know, and the foundation that she set in Georgia, where she got people registered to vote, which to me led to the election of um, the Reverend Dr. Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. And then also talk about Dr. Um, Colbert, who actually created the or worked on the Moderna vaccine. And then I also thought about Tap the Brown because Tap the Brown's soothing voice got us through the pandemic. When I was about to go crazy and lose my mind, just hearing her say, how's everybody doing, babies? Y'all all right? You know, that just blessed my spirit. And she also got me to eat vegan food. Like I was in the kitchen chopping up pecans and, and, and bell peppers and, and mushrooms and making tacos and stuff. Like, Wait, what? Yes, the vegan taco, <laughs> vegan taco, and it's delicious. You it's know? true. They're, they it, are they are good as fuck. They are amazing, and I'm like Tabitha, like woman. So I say all that to say that I couldn't just decide on one black woman. I had to decide on all black women. So to me, who ruled 2021 were black women. If it weren't for black women, we likely would not have a, a president Biden and a vice president Kamala Harris. If it wasn't for black women, again, we would not likely have. The, the majority in the Senate that we have. There was a slim majority, but they made it possible. Black women say, stay saving this country and are never respected or given the respect that they deserve. Um, they're always leading the way. They're always setting the trends politically, entertainment, socially, everything. Like Black women are always ahead of the game. And when we say think like Black women and vote like Black women, not some of those that kind of you know sway to the other side i'm not talking about never mind i'm not gonna go there but <laughs> the, the same ones you know to me if it were not for black women our country would not be still intact right now and it comes from their work on the ground you know getting people registered to vote pushing legislation um making those deals because i think about maxine waters and joyce Beatty, you know being arrested fighting for voting rights you know Black women are the core of our country. And until we realize it and, and until we, we truly respect that and truly give them the proper, you know, do that they deserve, um, we can probably never thank Black women enough, you know. So those are, are that's the individual or individuals that I want to say rule 2021. From the music charts to Capitol Hill to, you know, um, Naval Observatory where Vice President Kamala Harris stays. Thank you, Black women. Thank you, Black women. Thank you, Black women. Thank you, Black women. That was a whole sermon, sir. That was fantastic. Like, right. I'm gonna clap for you. And yeah, say, like, like I got I got chills. I was like, okay, yes, 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 yes. We're there. We're there. Yes, we are. And full full disclosure, um, the first text that Brandon sent to me with regards to his pick said i'm sitting on the toilet right now doing my thinking this is who i want to pick so that was that was the start of what became <laughs> a you know i do my best thinking on the toilet <laughs> <laughs> so he he told me somebody and then about an hour later he goes no 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 hang on hang on hang on and then about another hour later, I got another text. And I'm like, you got one more time. You've got one more time. I wasn't on the toilet <laughs> for three hours, okay? <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, Mr. Biggs, you want to you wanna take us down the road next? 
Yes, I want to. The first thing I want to talk about is HR five two one four, which is the Representative Payee Fraud Protection Act of twenty nineteen. That is the only bill or law that the squad ever got through. Yet they dominate all the attention. They don't do it in work. They do all the talking, but none of the work. They supervise the shit out of the cameras, but they don't actually get to Congress. The one person who does everything and who you you really hear from her, but she's doing the work, Lauren Underwood. Representative Underwood, she fought to keep her seat by 6,000 votes, first of all, which is the slimmest of bargains anyway, where there was a recount to make sure that she earned her seat and the fact that she goes to Washington. Cares more about black mothers than pretty much most politicians do. For a nurse and passed a momnibus, which as the child of a black mother is just watching somebody who actually cares about people who had me, had people who look like me and does all of it without fanfare. None, doesn't care for the camera, doesn't want the camera does her job, puts her head down, understands the assignment, where I look at people like, well, you know, she's not flashing up. She doesn't care. She cares about the extremely high rates of, matern of infant mortality in the Black community, how Black mothers have to go through so much just to even be seen, how there was a report saying even emails from Black people are viewed less or open fewer this one is personal because I watched, I look at my daughter, she's seven. And I'm like, she grows up, she be, she's a black woman in this world. I want her to be able to say, you know what? That someone looks like me who has my back, who has the work done and gets it done. And if I just scroll through the numbers and it's stunning to watch Rashida Tlaib, one bill passed out of 41. AOC, none out of 33. Ilan Omar, zero out of 65. Ayanna Presley, zero out of 58. Cory Bush, zero out of 10. Jamal Bowman's dumbass, zero out of 10. It is stunning to watch, to piggyback off what Brandon said. You know, it's a Black woman doing her job without any type of adulation and, and fanfare it's not about the cameras it's not about the clicks it's not about the likes the 14th district of illinois they elected her to do a job and she's done a job for people in her district people in my district black women and it's not just a slogan it's not just a hashtag like brandon said it is she does work and when i see her there's that it's like being at a barbecue and you seeing someone you haven't seen in a while and you know that they're doing well, you get that point. Hey, you know, it's, it's that familiarity that someone is trying without anything return truly from her heart. And it is my hope that she's future Senator, even down the road, if she wants it, hopefully a presidential run. And I don't, I'm not a stand for too many politicians, but 
that's one where she's earned my internal respect. That's what the simple fact that she's helping people that people, many have turned their backs on. She cares. And that's the bottom line of doing anything. You, you could be a ditch digger. You could be garbage man. If you care about what you do, you care about the people, we're all right. That's my choice. That's Awesome choice. Fantastic yes. choice. Fantastic yes, yes, yes. choice. Um, you know, I something something that that you said and and something that um, that Brandon said. Uh, it's it's very indicative of you know the politics in this country that there is a black woman in Congress who is literally doing all of the work and getting none of the attention for it, you know, and that's, you know, blanket is how this country treats black women, women of color, trans women, indigenous women, you know, so that's, that's, that's my two cents on, on your very fantastic pick. Brandon's very fantastic pick. Um, Tiff's very fantastic pick. And now Miss Elian, who actually has two very fantastic picks. Am I really the only one with two? I oh, know uh, I I also I also have two. Okay. Um, but that's because it's my show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had two, I had oh. two prepared, but I only went with one. But like so. he gave me permission though. I was like, okay. So I prepared for both, but I can really just go with one and do an honorable mention if you'd I like. I mean, do you do you want? I, hey, it's the the floor is yours now. Um, but <laughs> I I I'm gonna suggest that um you do the big one second. Yes, I agree. Okay. I agree. I agree with you. See, <laughs> so my first person that ruled 2021 was actually the very first one that popped into my head when I was asked this question. And for me, it was an easy choice to pick Chef Jose Andres because he has just been everywhere this year. And in the last few years, you know, just helping out wherever there is need. Um, so I'll just start from January. You know, he was at the Capitol feeding uh, Capitol law enforcement right after the insurrection. You know, he was working with local restaurants across the country to try to help feed people during the pandemic and also to try to like keep their profits up. Um, in February, he did a, a, a big um, virtual speech to what to the West Point class um, about, you know, he called it lessons from a food first responder. And I'm like, that's so, I love that. That perfectly describes him. He is a food first responder because I mean, people's basic needs, we need to eat, right? We need to have food and nourishment to survive. Um, in March, he was doing community, community events in DC about reviving restaurants. Um, and then he actually announced in April that he's gonna be opening up two new restaurants in New York City and another in Chicago. Um, in May, he was feeding frontline workers in India, um, you know, due to the surge in their hospitals due to the pandemic. Um, he even started offering 
$50 gift certificates um, to anybody who would show that they just recently got vaccinated, um, you know, at his DC restaurants. And in June, the Surfside building collapse happened. And so he was there in Florida, you know, feeding the, uh, the rescue teams. And he also was given a billion dollars, sorry, a hundred million dollars from Bezos, right? And so he announced that he is going to donate that money to a climate disaster relief fund, you know, because he's, he's noticing that all these natural disasters have been happening, you know, mainly due to climate change. So he wants to pour that money that Jeff Bezos gave him into that, which I thought was really amazing, you know, to take that money and like clean it up. <laughs> um, in, in August, he was in New Orleans after Hurricane Ida. In September, he was in Del Rio, Texas, feeding migrants at the border. Um, he went to Spain after the La Palma volcano explosion in October. And in December, he was feeding people in Kentucky after the tornadoes. And just recently, he's been delivering food to people waiting on long lines, waiting for COVID tests in New York City. So I just think he's awesome, you know, and he's not really doing it for, you know, for the hype or anything. He just really believes that food insecurity is one of our biggest problems and he wants to do everything he can to help. So that's why he is my, one of my people that ruled 2021. That's, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. It's, when when you told me you were picking him, I was like, oh, oh, absolutely. That's that's a no brainer. I mean, so pure hearted, you know, the his his uh, charity, the World Central Kitchen. I mean, they have volunteer workers all over the world helping to feed people. I think that's just a beautiful thing. So you ready for round two? I am ready. Go for it. Without a doubt. The person who ruled 2020 was our vice president, Kamala Harris. And forgive me because I'm going to ramble on and on, but I want to answer that question. Where has Kamala Harris been? Right? What has she been doing? Are, are we ready to, to go through the list of what Take your time. Go ahead. our We're um, ready. vice president has been doing so much this year? I just... I. It, I can't even imagine how she still has the energy to laugh, <laughs> to, to smile, to go see her family, to, you know, cook dinners. I just, I, I, I just reading this list exhausted me. Um, so props to her. I think she's phenomenal and we have yet to, it's like the tip of the iceberg. I feel like we've yet to see the best that she's got. Um, but let's start off in January. I mean, she broke barriers. She became the first woman, the first black person, the first Asian person to be vice president of the United States. And she was sworn in by the first Latina Supreme Court justice. I mean, that was like such a beautiful moment, right? It was amazing. Um, and then already in February, she's on, on calls with President Macron from France. She had already started a tour of the country to encourage vaccination and to discuss COVID response. Um, in March, she was on the phone with the Prime Minister of Australia and she had a virtual meeting with uh, leaders from Ireland. I think that was on St. Patrick's Day, actually. <laughs> um, <clears throat> 
in April. She continued her tour, her COVID uh, response tour uh, by visiting a, a vaccine facility in Chicago. And then she visited a vaccine site in Baltimore. She That month, actually, April was one of my favorite moments of the year because it was the first time that there were two women and that, that other woman was Tiff's pick for a person who ruled 2021 behind the president at a joint session of Congress, which was one of my favorite moments of the year. It, it brought me to tears. Um, and it was in that month also that she was put in charge of President Biden's initiative to close the digital divide. So, you know, she started really pumping up the idea that broadband could be, a, a you know, access to broadband, equal access to broadband could be a, a bit of an equalizer when it came to, uh, you know, rural communities and communities of color and indigenous communities. She also, you know, fit in a meeting with the Japanese prime minister <laughs> and the Guatemalan president. Um, and then in May, she met with the Mexican president and the South Korean president. June was her trip to Latin America. So she went to Guatemala, she went to Mexico uh, to try to address the roots of you know, immigration, like root causes of immigration surges. And that also kicked off the national vaccine tour that month. Um, she did a voting rights listening se session at the end of the month. And then also it was announced that a billion dollars is going to be put to fund broadband in tribal nations. And so she was put out there to kind of, you know, uh, market it, you know, sell it to the people. And I think it's interesting how people say like, she's so unliked or whatever, but like, this is who we have chosen, right? To go out there and sell these policies that are extremely popular right? These policies are popular and guess what? People like her and the media just can't handle it. Like, like they can't wrap their brains around that. Um, July, she continued doing speeches on vaccines and voting rights in Michigan and announced $25 million for the DNC for voter registration efforts. She met with Texas lawmakers to discuss that GOP uh, voting bill. She met with Black women leaders and disabled rights advocates about voting rights. She also had Angela Merkel come visit her at the VP residence and met with uh, the King of Jordan. That was the end of her July. <laughs> um, and then in August was her trip to Asia. She met with the Prime Minister of Singapore and she also uh, was in Vietnam. Um, in September, she was visiting classrooms. The, you know, the administration was announcing $1.2 billion investment into broadband for school children. So again, this push to like close the digital divide. Um, and then in that month of September, she also met with UK prime minister, with the president of Zambia and with the leaders, with leaders from India and Ghana. And in October, she was leading the White House Workers Task Force. Um, she's trying to help, you know, federal workers get unions, which I think is amazing. Um, then she did a speech about voting rights right in front of the, you know, right at the uh, MLK Memorial. Uh, and she met with the Israeli foreign minister and the prime minister of Barbados. That was October. Then come November, you know, we've got this big push about the, the BIF and the BBB. She spoke at the Tribal Nations Summit. Um, she addressed uh, NASA 
She met with Macron again. She went to Paris this time, discussed the Space Council and cybersecurity, and met again with the president of Mexico. And then at the beginning of this month, it was announced that she's going to lead the National Space Council um, and you know push forth their space priorities framework. And then she ended off like last week with a call to the president of Honduras. So what has Kamala Harris been doing? All of that Everything. and more. And, Everything. And literally while at the same time being berated by everybody and their mother from both sides of the aisle and the media just raking her over the coals and she doesn't care, she's gonna still do it with a smile and, and, and that beautiful laugh that really pisses them off. And it's amazing. So she is the person that ruled 2021 because she has literally been everywhere doing everything. <laughs> Go Vice President Harris. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I applaud that. I, I am literally exhausted every week just following <laughs> her. I just want you guys to know that. So she definitely ruled 2021. And I am literally exhausted just hearing all she has done and following her on a weekly basis. So it is a lot. And she does it with a smile. And that is amazing. Yes. And I think I think that's what pisses people off the most is that she does it with all the criticism with a smile. Mm-hmm. they hate seeing her joyful they hate seeing people black women let me be real with you they hate seeing black women yeah. confident and happy you know and that makes them mad and that's from the conservatives and even people on the left that they just hate it and she's a she's the most powerful woman in the world um you know and they hate to see that a black woman an asian woman is the most powerful woman in the world that that just that just blows their goat. <laughs> so happy. <laughs> I love it. She it makes does. people telling themselves. She makes people either they love themselves, either they love what they see, which makes them, you know, open mind, or they have to find fault with it, makes which reveals giant character flaws. It, it reveals misogynoir, it reveals a little bit of racism, it reveals sexism, it reveals the ugly side of people. Police records. Um, yes. Um, their their sexual predatory behavior mm-hmm. and mugshots at a, at a yep. school as a teacher. Yep. As a teacher, you know, yes. you can't even be a, in a school zone and you're an educator. There's she okay. can't be at a Chuck E. Cheese as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, okay. That part. That well, I think part. I think in conclusion to everyone's points, women are just phenomenal, right? So everyone picked. Everyone picked women so far. We have to hear what Greg has to say, but so far we've all picked women and women are killing it in 2021 for sure, especially black women. Women are phenomenal. I mean, I don't Mm -hmm. sleep with them. (laughs) (laughs) I don't either. But (laughs) Actually, Um, only only one member of the panel does. (laughs) Yes. Listen, I've slept with a woman or two before, okay? It's okay. I, 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 I suggest you try it one day. I'll, I'll I appreciate them. I appreciate all women. <laughs> I'm but good. I don't, but <laughs> like, nah, it's okay. I, I, can, I, I, I can appreciate the beauty of a woman. Yes. I can appreciate the beauty of a woman's body. But that's it. So. I um, love it.
I'm a what do they what do they call that on Will and Grace? It was it a a platinum gold star gay? Gold star, yes. <laughs> gold star gay. <laughs> yes, my mom. I had a natural birth. That was the only time. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, was... plat- You're you're a platinum gay if your mom had a C-section. Okay, my mom didn't have a C-section. She yeah. Lord. Yeah, and my head was the same size now that it was when I was a baby. So. Oh, your poor mother. I know. Mm-hmm. Bless her. I love her. Literally tore her a new one, huh? How did we go from Vice President Kamala Harris is that bitch, that HBIC to we tore a new one in <laughs> Brandon's mom. I'm sorry. Um, because I, women, <laughs> because women are phenomenal. That's why. That's yeah. Women, women can Absolutely. women can work magic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen a cesarean. They can work magic. It is. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Bless y'all. Bless Amen. y'all. And again, thank you, Lauren Underwood, for your legislation that's going to ensure that that Black women survive birth. And it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's a economic issue or not, because there are rich Black women that nearly died during childbirth. Ask Serena Williams. Yep. Ask Beyonce. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. And I appreciated your, your Lauren Underwood shout out because she has done a phenomenal job of just doing her putting her head down doing her work and never seeking the attention and i look forward to seeing what she and chantel round you in 2022 because they both are not to be played with and i look forward to them working together on a lot of legislation chantel is amazing i'm so glad so glad she beat musty titties Snipes. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Must wow. Yeasty yam bags. That is not right. <laughs> Y'all are a mess. Okay. I need to breathe. <laughs> um, All right. So for my pick. Um, I would like to go back to 2019. During the primary, there were 20 Democratic candidates. Fucking 20. Debates were split into two nights. The political corners of Twitter were heavily, heavily divided. Um even more so than they are now. Fast forward to March of 2020, just before Super Tuesday um, in Texas, Amy Klobuchar and now Secretary Pete dropped out of the race. Um, And Everybody after that kind of consolidated. Um, we, we all got behind um, Joe Biden. And, you know, we had to drag some kicking and screaming to the finish line. Um, but, you know, as a whole, everybody, everybody was in it to win it. After, um, after the election, you know, political groups... Um, after primaries, you know, they tend to disperse. Um, 
but there were two groups um, that held together um, and, you know, have become very tight knit. Um, they, these two groups of people represent two, they're, they're made up of mostly marginalized people. Um, and, you know, these, these two groups of people went from having their candidates drop out of the primary to seeing their candidates become the most powerful black woman in the country and also the very first confirmed LGBT cabinet member. So my pick for people who ruled in 2021 um, goes out to K-Hive, Joyful Warriors, Veeps Peeps, whatever you want to call yourselves, and also Team Pete. Um, because, you know, as, as a whole, um, you know, with the exception of, you know, there are some people who feel that voter ID laws are okay. Um, they're not. Um, but, you know, outside of a few outliers, um, I feel like we have become a very large, very loud, very fun, dysfunctional family. Um, and I feel like, you know, we more so than most of the other, like, primary candidate supporters, we, we put in the work and we are still putting in the work. Um, so shout out to my K-Hive Joyful Warrior Veeps Peeps family and also my Team Pete family. Um, y'all are fantastic. I appreciate every one of you. Um, and you know, we have, we have ruled in 2021. We will rule in 2022 and 23 and 24, and we will rule even further in 2028 when it is the Harris Buttigieg ticket, win the era for the people. So that is, that is my pick. Well, I like your pick. I, I do too. For a couple of reasons. One, because we've only gotten stronger in 2021. So I agree with that. It depends. And I don't care what you call yourself. Like you said, you can Literally, I don't call myself Veeps Peeps. Like, that's funny to me when people say that. Like, I don't call. It's just a name that we used to raise money. And it actually started because of stupid bribery and her annoying ass thing that we were getting paid and all this fortunate. So <laughs> it was literally an April Fool's joke that turned into a thing. So that's, oh. that's life, right? But I mean, for the most part, whether you're just a VP supporter, whether you're just a supporter of, you know, of politics and what we do, I think overall, we really have forms a good relationship with one another, a good working relationship. We don't always agree on every single thing, but we at least have respect for one another and we can agree to disagree on most things and we have fun, right? So we do fun things. We have our cooking nights. We have our, you know, our 
our little shady jokes and we we have little inside things that we do. So I think overall we've just we've gotten stronger on the receipts front. Like we know we know when it's like attack mode time mm-hmm. just to go in and do what we need to do. So I don't know. It's it's weird because we don't necessarily have a leader because we're all very much leaders in our own right. But we all know what needs to be done on any given day. So I appreciate everyone who is a VP supporter and a supporter of Biden as well, because a lot of people are just supporters of Biden, of Biden Harris, of, you know, individual people. But we all know we all know the assignment, as they say. Yes. I think we're all that person in our lives where people come to us and say, you know what, can you help me? Cause I want to like, I need to argue against this like MAGA supporter cause they keep talking crap about Kamala Harris. And I don't know what to say. Like at work every, I remember the day that, you know she was chosen as the VP candidate. I got calls from people at work congratulating me as if I was, I'm like, I'm not going to be the me vice too. president, yep. you know, candidate. Yep, sure did. My friends text me like, you were right. Yeah, I was. Right. I was so gonna it's happen. like, it's good to be that person that pushes the agenda, you know, so much so that people come to you for help when they want to combat the misinformation from somebody else. And I think, you know, the, you know, the supporters of VP and the supporters of Pete, we, we all kind of tend to be that person, right? Where we're, everybody knows, like, don't come around here talking mess because we will pull the receipts. We will call you out. We will all, you, it, it's so funny. You see like the greatest hits, like you see the whole team and in, in somebody's mentioned. <laughs> yep. Everybody, the whole gang is here. It's like, come outside. We, we just want to talk. Like, it's, and I think what, what brings us together is the fact that we want to ensure that the truth is being told, mm-hmm. you know, with evidence. And, and I think that's why people are so taken aback by, by this group, by this coalition of supporters, because usually when you have people that are for a politician or whatnot they only focus on that but our focus is on ensuring that the truth truth gets out there and it is spoken and that's a threat to these you know this propaganda that's being pushed in misinformation that brings certain news organizations ratings certain um blue checks clicks you know every time yeah. <laughs> every time see, exactly <laughs> every time they see us coming they're like oh crap all right here we go like no we are not going to let what happened to hillary clinton happen to any other candidate that is qualified to be president and that's qualified to be a political leader in this country we're not going to let that happen we, we refuse to let that happen because many of us sat by and saw it happening in 2016 and saw the ramifications of it we're still living in the ramifications of that you know, um, so they hate on 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 this team, on this coalition, especially um, Roberta Plack, booty mouth, Bree Bree, um, <laughs> you know, always we're always on her mind for some reason, always on her mind. Um, her oversized gums and her little teeth. <laughs> somebody had somebody says she had um, lowercase teeth and capital. Bleh, gums. Bleh. <laughs> that was you. That was. That was <laughs> I, I was gonna say I think that was T. Yeah, <laughs> that was T. just crazy. Huh. But um, I think being a part of this group has allowed me to meet great people like you all. 
you know, and we're from all over the country, different regions, um, even all over the world. But we come together for United Front. Our North Star is ensuring that the truth is out there and that we protect people that deserve to be protected. And that, you know, we, we're not against people being criticized, but we want to make sure that that criticism is legitimate. That it's not a, not, that it's not a falsehood. That it's not a half truth. That is the actual truth. And let's have a conversation and talk about it and, and make sure that we're not tearing people's characters down just because of a personal dislike or hating or, you know, because your cousin said something or your, your, your cousin them was locked up back in the day because they did something stupid. That was the, and that was done in 1980, but that's the fault of the former AG of California in the 2000. Like, make that make sense to me. It doesn't. Yeah. So we got one more round in this show. And the next round is called Can You Believe? We polled 5,000 people to get their responses to the following questions. We asked, what is the most important piece of legislation that needs to get passed in 2022? What do you think they said? It better be voting rights. Yeah, I was going to say it should be voting rights, but I think people might say, you know, build that better plan but it should be voting rights it has to be voting rights everything starts with voting rights thank you well i can tell you that of the people that we polled 100 percent of them believe that voting rights is the most important that piece of sense. legislation Love for it. 2022 <laughs> That's people. thank you because if voting rights doesn't get passed you don't nothing get shit else. Nothing's nothing. going to happen. Like we have to ensure that that's done. Um, so that needs to be full steam ahead. And I feel in my in my gut that it will get done in January, mm-hmm. and then after that, BBB will get done. Yes, I, I I think they're really moving ahead with this. You know, Senator Warnock actually kind of you know spoke to the urgency. You know of of this bill and and the need for it to be done right now so i i really think i think you're right i think it's going to come up soon sooner than we than we think um i believe i believe tiff you said that you could see it happening uh for mlk day oh yeah for sure i it's it's all everything is dependent on that asshole mansion and cinema deciding what they want to do right so chuck said he's bringing it to the floor and if it gets filibustered they're bringing it the rule to the to 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 come whatever happens at that point that happens but at this point it means the thing is you can't constantly say behind the scenes no 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 like there has to be some kind of accountability so mansion and cinema want to get up in front of the american people and say no to this rule whatever they decide it's not it sounded like amy based on amy's sweet yesterday amy Klobuchar's sweet yesterday they have a plan what that plan is whether it's talking filibuster whether it's a carve out and talking filibuster whatever it may be it sounds like they have some kind of plan where they're bringing it to the floor and they're going to vote on the change if the republicans filibuster again so it'll be very interesting to see what they do but at this point, like the mansion and cinema need to just own their shit. Every single senator needs to own where they stand mm-hmm. on this rule change because the rule change is what's in the way. It's been yeah. a year. 
let's make it happen. I think there may be a surprise Republican that may join the Democrats on that rule. Murkowski. Murkowski's down for the, she's yeah. down for the, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Mm-hmm. I don't know that she's down for the Freedom to Vote Act as of yet. Um, yeah. But she did want some specific <clears throat> changes in the freedom. Like she wanted, she didn't like, she didn't like the original For the People Act. And she wanted some changes on the voting rights, the Freedom to Vote Act. So maybe mm-hmm. they could bring her over, right? Yeah. So maybe if they did something temporary, this was my thought. So like if they did something temporary where they, like they did on debt ceiling, a very limited scope agreement where they say, okay, well, we are going to pass these two and then it'll expire in, I don't know how many days and we go back to the normal, you mm-hmm. know, filibuster or we have a talking filibuster going forward. So yes. there are ways, the debt ceiling taught us a, a really good example it because did. it was very limited in scope. It was very direct mm-hmm. and we knew we could do a carve out, but we didn't know, we didn't know we could do a carve out like that. Exactly. So that, so that was a very, very slick way to show us what could be done. And I think that also changed a couple of people's minds. Like, mm-hmm. um, Maggie Hassan, like that changed her mind. And when Raphael Warnock gave a really good speech on, you know, hey, we did this. Now let's do that. And that speech by the Reverend Dr. Senator Raphael Warnock needs to be aired and, and taught in classes because the, the way that he called it a moral issue and, and, and how he brought up the fact that, you know, slavery was bipartisan. People don't realize that. They think that just one party you know, was for it or no, it was bipartisan because mm-hmm. it went on for so long. And both parties, you know, at the time, um, before the realignment and all that stuff happened, you know, both were pro-slavery because you can be in the South, you can be a Republican or a Democrat in the South and you can be pro-slavery. And then you can be a Republican or a Democrat in the North and be anti-slavery. You know, it just depended on the regions and whatnot. But for him to call that out, I think that really, you know, that, that set the trajectory and then to have the carve out of the filibuster for the debt ceiling. I think that was like the perfect aligning of that situation to move us to this place where they're like, you know what, we need to get this done. It's, 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 it's do or die. And we have to ensure that people have the right to vote. Because again, if voting rights aren't protected and if changes aren't made to protect the right to vote, then you can kiss your BBB goodbye. You can also kiss your um, your idea of even getting some type of student loan forgiveness <laughs> from happening. You know, I, I just so that it it has to get done. So I'm liking the fact that Reverend Senator Warnock met with VP Harris. I believe that was today, right? Yeah, that happened today. Really? That happened today. You know, so it's it's moving and. I agree with Tiff. I, I think by Martin Luther King Day, you know, we're going to see we're going to see something. And if if Manchin or Cinema vote against the carve out, then they have to justify why. Yep. And I don't think they want any more smoke. I think what's happened within the last few days since Manchin got on Fox News and said that he was a no on BBB, I don't think he was expecting that blowback. And I don't think he wants any more blowback mm-hmm. at all whatsoever. They slapped yeah. him. He deserves it. He deserves everything he deserves. President Uncle Joe licked that ass up. I think to your point, Brandon, I think Mm -hmm. I think that speech really had an impact because you did see some people change their minds, right? Mm -hmm. So Mark Warner 
change his change his mind. He what yes. he hadn't said anything on. He said nothing. He said nothing, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Okay, I'm down for a carve out." So that speech in particular really did change some hearts and minds on mm-hmm. what we are, what's at stake. That along with the one six, um, you know, special committee when mm-hmm. they saw those when they saw those damn messages. Yes. Yep. Yes. That, that changed a lot of people's minds too, because yes. this is not a joke. Like what mm-hmm. they're trying to do is what they were trying to do that day and what they could do going it forward. Too close. It's it, really, really, really scary. So yes. I think the couple the, between that speech, as well as that, th- those messages really have changed people's will it change mansion and cinema's mind. Who the hell knows those two are, you know, Dixie Kratz. I would like them to be on the record. I want them yeah. on the record. I want to know how you really feel. I mm-hmm. want your vote on the, record. on the record. Yeah. When it comes to Joe Manchin, when the coal miners union yes. tweets at him and says, we want this bill to happen. These are his constituents. It's a he's, he's from coal country. He's from West Virginia. They want this. The front page of the paper. We need this bill. Mm-hmm. He can't hide behind the simple fact that he think he's thinking that his constituents want to. No, no, they've loudly said. So he's going to have to go to Charleston. He's going to have to go um, Huntington to explain to these people why. And it's not going to be right. He, this is, he won't win re-election without this bill. Uh-uh. Nope. Without either bill. Either. <laughs> and one thing I've learned as far as if uh, West Virginia tells you something, you, you need to listen. Mm-hmm. Trust me on this one. Which is why he was so pissed. <laughs> which, but which is why he was so pissed off when Vice President Harris traveled to um did the um the local news um circuit and talked about the um the relief bill. You know, he was so mad about that because she was actually able to move people to say, hey, yeah, we need this. And it it forced his hand. Yep. So yeah, I just he yeah, I need him to. Right. Uh, I'm a little more confident with him than I am with Party City Wig Woman. Well, no one really understands her, right? She's kind of an oddball because at least with Joe Manchin, Mm -hmm. I know who where we stand, right? I know, Mm -hmm. I know he's the egotistical, conniving, very petty person, right? So he's he what he did on Sunday was just vindictive. Like that was was it was just totally vindictive because he wanted to get back at the White House. But I understand him. I don't understand her. And that's she's more of an issue to me, like you said, because she doesn't she doesn't really talk to the media at all. So we have one person who talks to the media too much and we have one that doesn't talk at all. And so we don't really know where we stand with her. So she said she did say she wanted the rules change to be debated on the floor. So Schumer is going to give her what she wants and we're going to debate on the floor about the rule change if they filibuster and so she's gonna have to make her position known 60 votes is not gonna it doesn't work anymore it's just Mm, not working so what are you gonna do to fix it because you can stay you can sit there all day and say i'm for voting rights you're not for voting rights unless you're voting for voting rights exactly and allow for the vote to take place it's all workplace she's not slick and people in her state want her to vote for a change and they know that her state is the mo- one of the most impacted, right? She has a Republican-led yes. um, legislature who who has done things on voting rights to disenfranchise people. Mm-hmm. So she, so how do you look sitting up there saying, "No, I'm not going to do this because we don't have 60 votes"? When people in your state are actually 
Um, me in Maryland, I'm not impacted, right? My state legislature, my, my state legislature is is all Democrats, so we we're not really impacted. But in a state like Arizona, you are. So she has to own her shit because she she hasn't so far. And I think it's I think Schumer's right. Bring it to the floor, explain your position, go yep. go for a vote, and you decide what you want to do. End the exactly. story. Boom. So the Boom. second question in this round. Should Democrats be talking more, less, or about the same about abortion and reproductive health care? More. more. I'm going to go ahead and say more. We more. don't talk about it enough. Um, and you know what? Going back to the, to the primaries in 2019, Kamala Harris was the only one that even brought that up. The in The debate. only one. And she was the, the only, only one. one who even brought it up as like, Guys, this is a serious issue. And guess what? Was she right or was she right? You know, we need to talk about it more. There's a lot of scary shit going on. And, and we're kind of sticking our heads in the sand on it. It, it. You know, that's my opinion. I feel like we need to be more forceful about this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we need to talk about it and we need to talk about it in multiple ways. So um, we need to talk about it in terms of judges right we need mm-hmm. to talk about who's on our courts right so we have a, the supreme court is one thing right but in order to get to the supreme court it has to get to a district a federal district mm. court yes. that district court will then rule and then it goes to an appeals court mm-hmm. that appeals court will then rule and then it then eventually it has to go through a whole process it could go multiple ways right so if we're talking about if we're talking about how this how the texas law the mississippi law how these laws are actually getting to the Supreme Court, that's one thing, but it's one, it, we have to talk about the process. And I yes. don't think we talk about that too much and why I have stressed this multiple times that the lower courts matter. Who's on those courts matter. Those 40 judges that have just gone on those courts matter because Texas, they know exactly where to bring their, um, their, their lawsuits to. And they bring it right to tech. They bring it to those Texas judges that are most, yes. that district court that has mostly Republicans on it. Like they're not stupid. Like they know the game already. They did it with the, the black farmers bill. Right. So it's just kind of going around and around that bill. But as far as abortion, um, I, I think we need to talk about reproductive rights, <clears throat> period. Right. So mm-hmm. mater- the maternal you know, health day yes. that VP did. That is so important. So, you know, if people always think, you know, abortion, abortion is one aspect of female, you know, reproductive system. When you talk about infertility, we, how that affects black women, black women are two times more likely to have infertility issues because doctors do not listen to patients. And I painfully know about this. Right. And so that's one thing we need to talk about, you know, just access to care period where do women go to seek services you know we do they you know we're going to doctors we we talk they want to talk about you know medicare for all well guess what guys it's one thing to be able to go it's one thing to have the cert the, the ability to have insurance what about the doctors that are being hired to be able to Thank treat you. us these are these are big issues that we how far away are they from you as exactly. well exactly they, you know, people say, oh, well, Planned Parenthood. Okay, well, Planned Parenthood is only one service that is provided to women who are, you know, less less fortunate to have insurance. Sorry, that's the dog. Um, 
Hi, Dallas. 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 So I I can tell you that 66.67% of the people that we polled believe that the Democratic Party should be talking more about abortion mm. and reproductive health care. They do. I, I, I agree. That that's something that is very important. And as Tiff was talking about Planned Parenthood, some states may only have one Planned Parenthood, you know, because they've been shut down in, in several places. So here in Texas, people have to drive miles to go to a Planned Parenthood and they may have to go to another state. And then, of course, you know, that law says that you can put a bounty on somebody's head to if, even if you assume that they've had an abortion. It, it's ridiculous. But I, I, we to, have to definitely... Mm-hmm. To, to your point, um, where uh, the city that I live in has the only um, Planned Parenthood in all of the northern part of my state. See? Yeah. So that's going to impact, you know, women in rural areas. That's going to impact women in inner city. You know, it, it's going to make a huge difference and, and it's going to cause major problems. Um, the fact that men can decide reproductive rights of women, that just doesn't sit well with me. No. You know, if if the shoe was on the other foot and women were in charge of everything and they say you know what if you have erectile dysfunction you know what that's life that's nature (laughs) no viagra for you men would go crazy yes they would lose their minds they would lose it you know after they lose that then they would lose it (laughs) you know so (laughs) (laughs) so it's it's it, it just it just boggles my mind and then do you know just to go back and listen to the the Supreme Court justices like Amy Comey Barrett saying, well, can't, can't women put kids up for adoption? Well, ma'am, certain kids don't get adopted and they age out of the system. Not everyone wants a child that, that a, a black child, right? Those are the ones that are impacted the most. And, and these foster homes aren't always the best places for some of the, for, for these kids. So it's a big issue. It's a concerning issue. And we definitely have to talk about it more. We definitely have to talk about it from multiple perspectives and multiple viewpoints. Um, and it, it's, 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 it's just, it's upsetting that we're, we're here. And again, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the 2016 election when people said that, that the courts and stuff didn't matter. You know, oh, but- that's so I, infuriating. Yes. I just- and and you know that that makes me think of then Senator Harris asking, uh, I believe it was Brett Kavanaugh. She was like, "Can you think of any law on the mm-hmm. books in this country that mm-hmm. regulates men's bodies?" Yep. And he There's was none. he was there stuck because there, there are none. none. There are none. There's none that regulates men by, men's body. If there were laws regulating men's body, you know, honestly, who can impregnate multiple people? Not a woman. A man can. So to me, the onus of, you know, uh, you know, the <laughs> onus is on the men. <laughs> I mean, I believe, I believe it was, um, you know, Hillary Clinton that said if men could get abortions, 
they would be available at fucking ATMs. They would like, be. Absolutely. It's 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 ridiculous, you know. It's and and they don't they don't care if it's because of rape. They don't care if it causes health issues. It could be a life or death issue for the mother. They don't care about that. The fact it that they call women men. It doesn't affect men. And the fact that they call women vessels. You know, yes. that that's because wrong. not because it's not about anything but control. Yes. At the end of the day, it's not about if like I said, like you said, if we could if we told if we they we if women made a law that all men had to get a vasectomy, they would lose their damn mind, lose right? It. Yep. But lose because it. they can't control us, that's all it comes down to. They want to control what we do, how we do, when we do it. And the only way they can control us at this point is through our uterus. And sadly, it is what it is, but People always say it was 2016. I tend to say it was 2014 when yeah, we gave right. our asshole Mitch McConnell the gavel. Right. And right. he was, and he was, you know, we lost a lot of seats that year. People don't want to, people don't want to acknowledge that. We were trying we to get it back in 2016. Hillary warned us, this is what will happen. Everything that she said is right. And here we are. So I don't really want to hear it from anyone on the left about what they think about this situation because they were the ones that got us here. They helped to get us here. Republicans are not off the hook. They definitely contribute to it more than more than anyone. But if they would have helped us instead of sitting home and Nina Turner and her freaking raggedy ass, if she would have actually, you know, you know, encouraged people just even a little bit, encourage people, Elizabeth Warren with her with her rig statements like these people are the same people that are pausing drama right now right mm-hmm. so there it's the same old cycle and until we get rid of them and that's why we go hard every single day so because you said misinformation <sighs> is a killer it is a guy literally, ran literally. a guy ran on i was named uh, todd aiken he ran for a senate by saying that there's no such thing as forcible rape and it just they yep condemned him but it was a light condemning i mean yes he died this year and i hope that he goes to hell wearing a gasoline underwear but for me it's more of it speaks to the nature of yes if a lot of these men who are in congress or in senate and judges whatever they preach family values but they're out there impregnating a bunch of women who aren't their wives they will drive those women across the border to get this done Or fly them out. Fly them out. Yeah. So the last question in this round is, we asked 5,000 people, should the Democrats be working to expand the Supreme Court? Yes or no? What do we think? I think they should expand the lower courts. That's my my take on it. If we're going to expand anything, we need to expand district courts we need to expand appeals courts again nothing will get to the supreme court without those courts ruling yes or no so if we can expand those in our favor then i'm down for it um if we are going to expand the supreme court which i don't think will ever happen in my lifetime we need to make it so that it's it's in our favor right so i say 13 Mm -hmm. It, do we want them to have lifetime appointments? That's a whole nother conversation. So there's there's a lot there. I mean, I just don't see it happening in my lifetime. I, I think the last time we tried that or this country tried that was with Roosevelt and uh, with court packing. 
and he got, you know, he lost the midterms. Um, well, didn't lose the midterms because there were so many Democrats at the time, but it didn't go well in his favor. Even people in his own party was like, no, dude, that's crazy. Um, I agree with Tiff, you know, expanding the, the lower courts would, would be helpful. And again, if we do get to that point, we do need to maybe get it to 13 um, seats. Um, the lifetime appointments, I'm, I'm 50-50 on them. You know, I, I think there's a, a need for it, but also see where there's an issue with it. Um, because you, you have people that are from a totally different generation that are governing, but then also you need those people and those perspectives so they can give that background and that insight. So it's a bridge. Yeah, so it's it's not either or, it's yes and. Um, Maybe some spots on the court could be lifetime appointments, and if they expand those new seats on lifetime appointments. I don't know. I think we need to worry about, you know, ensuring that we expand the Senate and secure the house and work on chipping away at the the appointments that have been placed on all of the courts at this time like biden is doing a good job with getting his um schumer's doing a good job with getting biden's um appointees for for judges through the senate and we just need to get through these midterms like that's to me this is a a battle that we shouldn't be thinking about right now we need to get through the midterms and then anything about later it it, it could be a double-edged sword you know okay so we expand the court and then the next time republicans have a majority then they can just expand it Mm -hmm. again and then it's a never-ending it's a it it doesn't where does it end yeah right so I don't know. I I agree. I think we really need to focus on the local, the state and the federal judges. Mm -hmm. Nobody pays attention to, you know, most people don't pay attention to those things enough. And I feel like that's where we got to, you know, turn people's attention to make sure they vote in those elections. They make sure the judges that are being appointed are not the kind of judges that are going to allow that Texas law to go in front of the Supreme Court. Right. And let's be serious. In order to do this, you need to have you need to kill the filibuster, right? We are we are barely even so we are barely even getting to a point of talking about a freaking um talk a talking filibuster. Thank you. Carve out like we like Brandon said, our priority needs to be on expanding the Senate, if anything. Um, and if 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 we get those fifty three seats that we need and by chance we are, we are able to kill the filibuster, then we can have this conversation. Yes. Until then, this conversation is should be moved because mm-hmm. I don't, I, I mean, what, what are we even talking about at this point? <laughs> I'm serious. What did the people say? What, 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 what did they say? <laughs> of the people that we polled, 75% believe that yes, Democrats should be working to expand the Supreme Court. Well, that's that's all relative, right? So working yes. on it means that we need to get more senators. Thank so you. that is that is how we work on it. And if the time comes that we do have enough, we kill the filibuster and we say, okay, we want, you know, five more judges, then we get five more judges. But to to Elian's point, we still we will have the same issue again because. Mm-hmm. 
the Republicans, you you would have to make sure that the Republicans never have power again. Never. Never, ever, ever have power again to make it work. And that is the same for anything that we want to do that would require the filibuster be gone. So voting rights, mm-hmm. um, you know, these plans that we want to put in place, they can literally come back and kill it if, we're, if they're in power again. So the goal exactly. needs to never let the House is the House. We know there's gerrymandering, but the Senate, we have control over that. And we need to make sure that we do not ever let them get power again because our judges, our nominees are all attorney generals. Yes. You know, these are all, not attorney general, sorry, um, our U.S. Uh, attorneys. attorneys yes, they, yeah. are, they are all controlled by Senate nominations. And if mm-hmm. we get another press, you know, Biden, if the, if the Senate comes back, in 2023 and it's republican ain't shit getting done nothing's getting done so i don't know why these people believe that you know telling us that threatening us about you know voting i mean threatening us with not voting is like actually some kind of flex because let me tell you that's not a flex that's some fucking stupid shit because at the end of the day we you you will not get anything your student loans will not get freaking canceled buddy Mm -mm. not getting canceled if we have, we don't, because legislation needs to be passed. Like, I don't know Thank how many you. times I have to say this. So it's just weird. <laughs> it's just a weird thing. And also, if you don't think that, you know, a Republican-led legislative branch will not jack up the interest rates on those student loans, Thank you. You, you haven't been paying attention. Never. it all. It's crazy, which is, you know, I had a very spiritual debate, debate with a colleague that kept bringing up, bringing up saying, well, Warren's plan said that Warren Warren's not plans. president. She's not no. the president. She had plans, but it seems that her plans were all to do stuff by executive order and not legislatively. And even with that plan, that plan still needs to be done through legislature. Her plan so, was to pass something that she's not. But it, it's, it's, they're so delusional. <laughs> people are just so delusional it's i can't with you i can't do it. i know i can't even i i'm sorry i'm cracking up over here i'm muting myself because i <laughs> it's a mess it's a mess and these these messages are what's penetrating for 2022 right these these same messages a promise who the hell ever said a, when has a proposal by a president become a promise well, not, a, not only that, people? not once did that man ever promise to cancel all student loans. Ever. He said he would do up to 50000 through a piece through. of legislation that was brought to his desk. He would gladly sign it. There was he never, never said exactly a He never made. even said fifty. He said 10000 He said 10000 Oh, said, did he say 10 least, Yeah, he said at least 10000 the only thing that the oh and there is no I ask this question every single time. So for your listeners, I ask this question: If you can find me a place where Joe Biden said on the campaign trail while in president that he would do this by executive order, I swear to God, I would give you a hundred dollars. But you cannot find it, and I will keep my hundred dollars and buy myself something nice because it's non-existent. It doesn't exist. <laughs> right. <laughs> he never said it. Never. Nope. Because he knows, like, we know this if he doesn't do the executive order, it's going to be shot down by the courts, it's going to be held up in litigation. And then during that litigation process, guess what? You're going to have to pay them loans back, right? Period. <laughs> so, 
we saw we saw what happened with him trying to do the more expand the moratorium on rent. What happened? The court shot that down. So Corey Bush wasted her time on that air mattress eating them Oreos, you know, sleeping out there on the Capitol, getting high fives and hugging all on burning. Oh my god, you came out. Oh, thank you, thank you. When her behind should have been in that chamber working with Maxine Waters to get some legislation done. But they don't want to do work. They just want to get up there and, and collect a paycheck of at oh. least $174,000 a year and get on TV and, and cause chaos. They don't want to do the work. Amen. So usually um, this is the part of the show where we do this is not not an endorsement. Um, but seeing as uh, this whole episode has kind of been that, um, I'm going to step in and say that this month for this um, very special episode, I am going to endorse Brandon and T-Biggs and Tiff and Elian and um, Jose and also Ivan, um, the people who um, started this uh, journey on this show with me. Um, and I said I was not going to cry while I said this, and I am failing horribly at that. Um, my endorsement is uh, for you guys because this show is uh, the number five news commentary show in the United Kingdom right now. Wow. Bringing petty headlines and good teeth to England. Go ahead, man. <laughs> um, and it's because of y'all. So um, thank you so much. Thank you, Greg, for thank you for having us. Let's just say, let me say this. I say that I am so proud of you because I think what we've all learned, and this is this is not an endorsement, but this <laughs> is an endorsement that what we've learned in 2021 is that sometimes we have to take a risk, right? So what we may have thought was something that we weren't going to do ends up being something that we kind of worked our way into. So this was not something you probably thought of in 2020 in the beginning of <laughs> January. No. And, no. Here, and here you are. So we've all kind of in some odd way have found whether it's love or it's trying finding our calling, started a show, started a space, started, you know, expanded our, our podcast, whatever it may be, we've all done something that has better has for the betterment of ourselves. So congratulates to those who have love, you know who you are on this show. <laughs> You know, whether it's forming new friendships, because we I didn't know Brandon at the beginning of the year. So we have talked some casually, but now I know him. And I'm you so know, glad so we, know you. we definitely we've definitely expanded. So kudos to all of us for for doing all of that. 
it's all about taking chances. It's like, just like Tony said, like a, a, a year ago, I didn't know what was going to be what, but changes happen. You, you move from a negative situation to perhaps the greatest situation with the greatest person I've ever met. You move from one podcast changing the formats into 2022. It's about evolution. And I've told Greg millions of times that he was meant to do this. This is what you do. And you know the plans for 2022. You know what's going to come down the line. Enjoy this. You have earned all of this. Sit back, relax, throw something in that coffee. There you go. <laughs> just, just take it all in. You know, you deserve it. And I want to thank you for pulling me out of, of my comfort zone because I love politics. I love talking about it. All my friends say, you should be on people's podcasts talking about it because you have so much information to share. Yes, like and mine more. Yes, exactly. And I, <laughs> I'm, I'm coming. <laughs> But, you know, it's you giving me the confidence to come on your platform and share my my perspectives. And I thank you for that. And I appreciate you and I appreciate each and every one of you um, for making 2021, um, though it's been tough, but you all have made it enjoyable. Um, and, and 2021, it, it hasn't been all tough because, you know, I've experienced some great blessings. I've got into a new job that I'm loving that that that's amazing I'm going forward in my you know doctoral program and all that good stuff and 2022 is only looking up even more but this here like keeps me going getting to discuss these topics with everybody like this is where like this is where my heart is so I'm excited that and thankful that you have given me the opportunity to come on your platform several times to you know share my love of politics and to share with great like-minded people like you all so um thank you all for being amazing and oh, thank yes. you all for being friends all and across the country and buy myron's books myron's a hell of a yes, writer yes. Buy myron's yes. books. they're amazing I and i just want to say will, like little family like i met like my love because of this little network right that we've had going you know since the primaries it's it's incredible. And I just want to say, Greg, keep it up. Your shows are amazing. I am so entertained listening to them and I love being a guest on them. So thank you for, you know, always allowing me the opportunity to come here and talk all my shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I love all your show formats. I mean, they're amazing. Just so many different ideas and you're just doing them all at the same time. That's amazing. I love it. Yes, we have all tapped into our creative juices because if somebody told me in the beginning of 2021 that I would be doing a goddamn video on anything, I would have laughed in your face and been like, oh, hell no. Even my husband is like, who the hell are you and where did you come from? Because he'll come home on Friday and he's like, you have makeup on? Oh yeah, you did your video. Like this is what it's become. So, I mean, I'm grateful because I don't go anywhere and I have a ton of makeup so I can actually you know, beat my face and look cute and talk about what I love to talk about. So it is what it is. And like I said, I'm, I'm really proud of every single person on here and all of our people that we follow, right? We have a lot of people yeah. that are doing well and we, we've we actually made it into something. Don't mind Dallas because she thinks <laughs> Dallas wants to say hi because she's like, hello, I'm the one that actually- I was going to say, I'm surprised I haven't seen her like <laughs> jump behind you or something. She's out of control, right? <laughs> she has to zoom in. Oh. It's crazy. But love you guys. 
So that is the end of um, this very uh, special episode of uh, This Is Not an Endorsement. Uh, these have been the people that ruled in 2021. Um, you know, next year we're we're gonna do we're gonna do amazing things. We're gonna keep the house. We're gonna expand the Senate. Um, there's going to be a live episode of this show um, happening next year um from all of us that have appeared on this show um you know whatever you celebrate have the happiest of holidays you know if you can be with your loved ones please do hug them tell them you love them you know if you can't i love you um and i'm i'm happy that you're on this planet um so yeah we will um We'll see you guys next year. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. All right. Bye, y'all. <laughs>